doctor in the house. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. The doctor is in. Dr. Rashid Batar, thank you for being here, my friend. And it's a great way to start the week with you. Advanced Medicine Monday begins now. It's always good to start the week with you, Robert. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I had an interesting story yesterday. Uh, I was at a expo in Orlando. had a friend from high school come, in, come and be part of the show because she had been diagnosed with MS uh, like 14 years ago. And we reconnected a couple of years ago. I simply cleaned up her diet, or she did when I told her what to do. Got her on some supplements, detoxed her, hydrated her. No more MS. I mean, this is the kind of thing that can happen when you do the right thing. Well, that's really interesting that you brought that up because I actually reconnected with a buddy of mine who's a podiatrist, a podiatric surgeon, Mm -hmm. that I have not seen since my first wedding, which was 20, gosh, 22 years ago. He was... um, he was actually in the military with me, and he and another friend of mine that was in the military, they both were at my wedding. We had a military wedding. And so I haven't seen him physically in 22 years, and we just reconnected. His birthday is on Elvis Day on January the 8th, and so we just connected. I called him to wish him a happy birthday because I thought about it, and I couldn't remember when his birthday was. I just knew it was close to mine. Right. And we start talking, and it's something very funny that he said to me. He said, Rashid, you know, I've been following all the stuff that's been happening with you and with the medical boards and all the different things. And he said, I got your book. And again, I haven't talked to this guy. I literally haven't talked to him in probably a decade, but I haven't seen him in 22 years. Very, very good friend of mine, though. Yes. And uh, his life got, you know, got in the way, and we've been busy. And uh, he said, I read your book. And he said, I want to tell you, it profoundly changed me. And he said, I just want to thank you for that because it's really significantly changed my life and I can see the benefits now and I just wanted to thank you. Now you told me about your high school friend. I'm telling you about this buddy of mine from the military from from med school. Uh right. It, it's it's interesting that, you know, people that have been that we've known for a long time, mm-hmm. how our paths, whichever way they went, have now influenced those that were friends of ours. And it's yeah. very, very beneficial to for them in the sense that you know they say you can't be a preacher in your own home yet these people overcame that obstacle uh that many family and friends won't because they don't see it as information for what it's worth they see it as well you're my friend my relative my son my daughter whatever yeah you know they don't they don't put emphasis on it no, you know, I, I think about this all those years ago when I made a decision to change my life, uh, not knowing what the future would hold, but kind of feeling I was on the wrong path and changed it and got well, that eventually you're going to find your peers will look at you and say, wait a second, what you did is different and you're well and I'm not. What can I do at this point? And we all have a misery index or a tolerance for pain. For me, of course, at 24, I saw the future and I said, I don't want that. And I made a change. Others now at 48 are making that decision. So we're here for you whenever you make that decision. Well, I, I just wanted to put a word out to the people that have actually taken it upon themselves to implement those changes and that have experienced a difference. You know, the credit belongs to them because they actually right. made the effort to do so. Exactly. It's not, not We didn't do it. You didn't do it. I didn't do we it. We didn't do it. Exactly. They, yeah, they applied exactly. it. And that's exactly right. Now, 
if we're going to help uh, folks that uh, sometimes directly ask us questions, sometimes the, the questions are more than we can actually handle on the air. But this is a really a good one that came in uh, the other day to the website at robertscottbell.com. And it's uh, from Kelly. And she writes, and she she wants your perspective on this, Dr. Batar, as well. She says, hi, Robert, love the show. Unfortunately, my husband recently passed away from metastatic melanoma. He had the best care that conventional oncology medicine could offer. And she put the best in quotes, meaning that she understood that the best care might not have been a good idea. But she says, I wasn't able to convince him that there is a better way. My question is, since he has passed, my young daughter and I are without insurance. Now, Dr. Bertard, listen to this next line. She says, I realize that this is a good thing, but what do you do for emergency medical intervention? Should I set up a special account? Also, will I be forced into Obamacare? And then lastly, she said, I would lo- really love to hear Dr. Bertard's take on metastatic melanoma. At the time of my husband's death, he had five brain tumors and he was only 38 years old. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of interesting points about this question that are brought up and things that I think would be applicable to a lot of our listeners, Robert. Um, Let's start with the last portion. Uh, Metastatic melanoma, very interesting scenario when we think of the sun causing this problem. And and, uh, I've taken care of uh, six metastatic melanoma patients now. I believe it's six. Uh, And all of them, all cases... There were, I think, three women, no, two women and uh, four men. And, no, actually, no, it's three women and four men, so seven, seven cases. But what's interesting is the places where they had the melanoma arise were, the, the area, there was no way that sun could get to it. I mean, one woman had it, uh, she had melanoma of the clitoris. Another woman had it underneath, she had very pendulous breasts and it was underneath her breast where there was, even if she was out in a bikini, it would have been covered up by the bikini. And, and the other woman had it, she was an obese woman, she had it on the gluteal cleft, right on, on her bottom where, again, she had... It's where they say the... Skin hanging over, there was... It's where they say the, the, they say the sun don't shine there. Exactly, exactly. And the men had the similar type of situation. Um, there is a young man who was 29 when I took care of him, and he presented with metastatic melanoma. He'd gone to the Cleveland Clinic, and I don't remember. They gave him a year or so. And uh, he's, I believe, 34. Maybe he's 35 now. And he's a professional golfer. And I think, I think Robert, you've met him, actually. He's one of the advanced medicine seminars. I'm not 100% sure. Do you remember meeting Chris? I, I have a vague memory of it because you mentioned the golf, and that, that's what came back to mind, so I'm pretty sure I have. Right. Well, Chris had it on his ankle, very low down on his ankle, and that was covered by socks all yeah, the time. Plus, right. he usually wore long pants, but even if you wore short pants, it was still covered by socks. So, again, how does sunlight have to do with uh, with well, how, 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 does it, how does it cause melanoma when all of these melanoma cases were happening in areas where the sun don't shine? Just going to say it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. In fact, sunscreen, the use of sunscreen, and we want to get into this right now, but the use of sunscreen blocking the absorption of calcium, vitamin D, uh, causes a huge cascade of cancer. And, this, and that's another whole topic you know, we can talk about for a couple of hours. But the point is that it's not the sun aspect that causes melanoma. Mm-hmm. In fact, probably quite the other. It's probably lack of sunlight that right. I, I would argue. I, I, I would argue that you know exposure to sunlight may prevent it, if anything. 
Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because that helps with the uh, uptake of calcium through the gut and vitamin D synthesis, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, we, we won't talk about all those details. The point is that if she wants to see what my take on melanoma is, she can go to medicalrewind.com and scroll down on the video section to the last video. Yeah, we have and, it. Uh, we have that linked up, obviously, every week when uh, Dr. Batar is with us. And you can go right to Medical Rewind. Most folks go there to get the, you know, the, the shows they may have missed. But there's a whole lot of other great information there, including videos. And there is one in particular, as you mentioned, a patient with metastatic melanoma uh, who is alive and well today. And the, the link, if you go into the video section, it's the first thing you see. You just scroll down within that area to all the way to the bottom. And you'll see that uh, that video there that you can play. And so, Kelly, I think that'll give you some insight. And anybody out there that's interested in that particular subject definitely would get a lot of help by hearing that story, the, you know, the real-life story of someone who's lived through it. Right, and, done, and he's done very well. I mean, he, he knows that he'll never have an issue with that again because he took care of it at its source. And Chris is a great inspiration to many people. Uh, he's become a very good friend. And he actually, Robert, if you recall, I told you about a story about a man who brought me his father who had cancer. Mm-hmm. Well, it's very often that the father would bring the son in after the father's done, gone through a trial and tribulation. But in this case, it was a son that had gone through the treatment first, and then his father got cancer. I talked with the father. father decided he was going to go a different route. A couple of years later, he came back. Unfortunately, it was too too late. He did well, but it was just still a little bit too late, and um, he did not make it. But it was an interesting journey for Chris and for me, and we both learned a lot. And uh, it's just when you know him as an individual, you see what an inspiration he is and how he lives his life. You talk about the right mindset. This guy, you know, told he was at the Cancun retreat that we had. He came there. And I was very fortunate that I had a number of patients that had been treated for cancer in the past that I had treated for cancer in the past that were there. And it was remarkable because how they realized and, and other doctors that were in attendance realized the mindset the, the way a person thinks, how critical it is to the success of this. So when you see two patients that have never met each other before, both having gone through our treatment, both having cancers, different types, and you see them connect because they're so like-minded. It was it was more than fascinating. It was really, really, um, it, it, it lifted my heart to a different place. It was it was really, really a great thing to, to witness and be a part of. And even the doctors came up to me afterwards and said, now I understand, you know, this why you talk about the mind, how important it is, how you think, and that emotional toxicity, the fifth toxicity, the emotional right. psychological aspect of it. But Chris uh, met with a couple of the other patients and same type of thing, you know, they're also phenomenal in the way they think and the way they are. But Chris and this other, the other couple of patients that I'm thinking of, they all have one commonality, and that was that they were so grateful for having gone through cancer. And now how can you sit there and think about when people get cancer, that's that's the last thing to think. They usually think, why me? Well, these three people that I'm thinking of right now, the common element between their course of treatment was how grateful they were for the journey that they'd gone through because it has dramatically changed their life. And they're not talking about the cancer. They're talking about cancer changed their life. and, And based on other aspects, it's literally changed their life. We've gotten a little long. I apologize. We're going to come back. This is a, a topic that's not going to stop here, so stick around. We'll be right back. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Rocking the health world to the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. 
Once again, go check it out, Medical Rewind. We were talking about Chris, a patient of Dr. Batars who overcame metastatic uh, melanoma. And, you know, it def- definitely brought me back to the nine steps to keep the doctor away because you talk about the emotional toxicity. When you said Chris had the perfect mindset or the right mindset for recovery because you can do everything great or almost perfectly physically, etc. And, you know, you miss that emotional aspect of it and you still lose the battle, if we can call it that. But the idea of gratitude for the experience, I agree, people who overcome, and not just cancer, but very serious challenges to their life and and make, uh, let's say, uh, not only a bold statement, but, you know, literally a bold life example. Uh, they have a new reason for being, a new reason for living. And I am equally, if not more so, grateful for all those that are willing to speak out like Chris did in that video because it inspires others, like my friend from high school, to come on my show yesterday to say, this is my story. This is what, what my diagnosis was. These are the drugs they gave me. None, nothing worked. And then I changed my diet. Then I supplemented. Then I detoxed. Then I, all these things. And now it's possible for somebody else with MS to say, well, maybe I can go a different route as well. Absolutely, Robert. And this is the reason that I say it's so absurd to try to hit the disease process, the cancer or the MS or whatever it is, because that's like hitting the dashboard of your car with a flashing light with a sledgehammer trying to get rid of the cancer or the MS or whatever the case is. Right. It's nothing more than a symptom, and understanding that is the first step in, in achieving success over it. And I want to go on to just say that one of the things that is so difficult to deal with in medicine is that emotional psychological aspect i know we're going on a tangent here that we probably weren't supposed to go on robert but it's a good one this emotional psychological aspect i can tell you that you can turn the cancer off i have done it before i have i have two different cases of this where we have shown where the family members were agreed after the patient passed on to go ahead and do a autopsy which you know patients usually don't want to do the families don't want to do that they know person had cancer, what's the point of doing an autopsy? We know it's going to be cancer. There's no reason to, you know, spend that money. But they, these two families agreed. One was in 1998. One was in 2000. They agreed. And we found, because it was impossible for me to believe that these people had cancer anymore after what we'd done, what everything that we'd seen. And both families, after we got the autopsy results, there was no evidence of cancer. And yet they died exactly when the oncologist had told them that they were going to die. They said, basically, you have six months to live, nine months to live. And patients died exactly when they were told they were going to die, within like a week or two, plus or minus. Mm-hmm. But this emotional, psychological aspect, I believe that is where they got tied up. Now, there are so many different things out there to deal with the emotional, psychological aspect. You've got psyche, and you've got tapping techniques, and emotional release techniques, hypnosis. You've got biofeedback. You've got you know, all these different components. And I have tried everything. I mean... The, the the number theories and all these different components, I can't even tell you how many, probably over a hundred different things that I've tried with patients. And I can tell you there's only one thing that I have found and it is so unbelievably effective. It is so far beyond anything else that I have ever seen. And, and I, I, don't, I think it's probably one of the most significant advances in medicine, healthcare, in wellness, in every aspect over the last 50 years. And I've lectured for this company a couple of times on their technology. But it's it's called ebox mm-hmm. and um i'm i'm more than fascinated with it uh we've got a way now that we can actually treat people remotely it is so significant and you can see the difference in an individual usually within 24 hours sometimes even right there within within a few minutes the body is controlled by two different brains as you know robert one is a subconscious and one is a conscious the subconscious has a much greater impact on how 
we operate and we don't realize that. There's so many different things that the subconscious is controlling. Like you don't think about how when you're walking or when you're breathing and your heart beating or anything like that, the subconscious is creating, is controlling all of that. So the conscious mind controls 2,000 bits of data per second. It's processing 2,000 bits of data per second, whereas the subconscious basically processes over 400 million data points per second. So which one do you think is more significant, the 2,000 bits per second versus the 400 million bits per second? <laughs> obviously, obviously the 400 million, right? Yeah. So this component, sometimes we, we think that we can overcome it with positive thinking or this or that. It's impossible because it's ingrained not only within us, but it's the miasmatic component, you know, the generational component that's having an impact on us. And this technology essentially goes back and rewires everything, reprograms everything effortlessly. And once it's done, it's done and the person can see a difference. It's truly one of the most fascinating things. Unfortunately, I do believe it is dependent upon who the user is because I've seen, I've had one of my staff members doing it and they weren't getting the same results as I started getting when I did it with my patients. In fact, now right, right. I do, this is the only treatment that I do in my own office for my own patients personally. Well, maybe we can get somebody on to talk about the technique. I'm always fascinated as well. Again, we've, we've encountered many of the same or similar techniques out there. I'm always open to learning some more things that can help some folks. So let's take a break here. We're going to continue with Advanced Medicine Monday, the Medical Rewind with Dr. Rasha Bittar right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. in the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. Welcome back. You're just joining us. It is Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rasha Bittar, international bestseller. You know it. The nine steps to keep the doctor away, including we talked about emotional toxicity and the psychological elements, components of disease, including cancer. And, and that's where we just were. You were talking about this new technique. Can you spell out that technique as well? What is it? Uh, the, the, the name? Yeah, it's Evox, E-V-O-X. And it's one of those things that I believe, I made a mistake, Robert, in this last segment. I said it's dependent on the user. I meant on the operator. Okay. Because there are different ways of doing it. It's kind of like a chef having all the ingredients in one person. One chef is being phenomenal and the other person having the same ingredients but can't create the same thing the chef has. So I do think it is dependent somewhat on, on the operator. But sure. it is a phenomenal technique. And I've been, I've actually had the technology in my office for two and a half years. In the last few months, while using it myself and realizing how to basically put it together, mm -hmm. getting results that I would have not anticipated could be possible. Very good. Yeah, and, and you know we've we've uh, encountered a lot of uh, technologies, electroacupuncture, according to Vol, the AV. Our friend Jim Hover uses a lot of that. But you can have somebody that doesn't understand a lick about those things, and uh, you know it may or may not be helpful to you. So it is a matter of, of somebody really immersed in what it can do and how to do it and facilitating it appropriately. Very well said, Robert. That's exactly the point because energetically, if an individual who's operating the device is not open to it, then they can actually have a significant impact in preventing the benefit coming across to the person who's undergoing the treatment. So I have actually seen this a number of times. And if we have time at the end, maybe we can talk about what happened with my office manager and her experience with some of this technology when I had a Chinese Eastern Medicine PhD using the device and her belief system actually intervening 
with yeah. uh, with what we found. So, yeah. well, the power of belief very very real. We don't doubt that at all. Uh, we've had Bruce Lipton, uh, Doctor Lipton, uh, many times on the program over the years, and he's put it out there in ways that even the scientific community should should understand the reality of that. Uh, but you know, going back to Kelly's question uh, that we opened up uh, today with, uh, she she made some rather significant points and you could see the depth of what she said coming through a tragedy losing her husband to the metastatic melanoma and she acknowledged the danger basically i assume of having good or the best care because it didn't help her husband and then her concern for you know what should we do with what i perceive to be an appropriate place for insurance with acute care trauma care unexpected catastrophe loss versus will i be roped into obamacare i mean those are some deep thought questions yeah, they are. And actually, I think uh, it's very important to understand that when you're dealing with emergency medical intervention, it is against the law for any hospital to turn anybody away when it comes to an acute emergency. So honestly, you really don't have to worry about that. You you don't need to get, get insurance for that from my perspective, because then when you, if you did, God forbid, need that and you go to the hospital afterwards to settle your bill, you will find that they will give you over a 50% discount for paying cash anyway. Yes, yes. So, so. And I have had the experience when my son was born, uh, my, my oldest son, Abby, was born, the health insurance aspect that if we had had health insurance with our deductible would have cost more than what it cost me by just writing him out a check. In fact, my youngest, Rahan, when he was born, I didn't have insurance. I just paid the hospital, and we got like a 40%, 45% discount for prepaying. You know, and I've told this story. We approached the hospital uh, when my uh, uh, second was born, and, you know, they told us the price of, you know, an insurance-covered birth, and they, they said twelve grand. I, mean, I remember the numbers, and I said, okay, well, what if we pay cash? Three grand. So it was a 75% discount if you paid cash. That's how much garbage is built into the system to have to over overcharge you by 75% in order for them to cover their costs and maybe make a little. Actually, Robert, now that you're saying that, I remember with Abby, um, when they asked me how I was going to settle the bill since I didn't have insurance, well, I'm sorry, she asked me for insurance information. I said, I don't have any insurance. I'm going to pay with cash. Yeah. And she said, oh, well, if you pay in 15 days, it's a 40% discount. And I laughed and I said, oh, 40% discount. And I mean, I was already reaching for my credit card. But I said, well, what happens if I don't wait 40, 14 days and pay now? Right. I just yeah. not expect, you know, 40% discount. You got 40% discount. Yeah. And she said, oh, well, if you pay right now, if you pay within, I think it was 48 hours, you get a 60% discount. And I, I paid right then. Yeah, so we're we're saying this is the thing that most people aren't aware of when they say, oh, my gosh, it's a disaster. We don't have insurance. Now, to her point as well, Kelly asked about should I have some kind of savings thing, you know, a medical savings account, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that that's fine because you, you may have things come up that you'll want to cover in this way. Uh, but the idea that you should cover through this insurance scheme everything for everyone all the time, it leads to disasters, including – what I consider to be the tragedy of the loss of her husband, who she tried to convince that there might be a better way than going through traditional oncology. Because that's really what happens. If you have insurance, you are going to be pushed into a scenario, whether you want to or not, you are going to only be able to utilize those funds that you've been paying premiums for, for months, years, decades, only on a certain route that they believe is the correct route. You will not have the flexibility or the liberty or the freedom to choose the, the course of treatment. Now, I do want to make sure, Robert, that we are very careful what we say here about the Obamacare aspect and the special account because honestly, right. it's so unknown 
what it's what it's going to entail. We just know it's not going to work. But the special account aspect, I don't know whether they'll be penalized for that. I know that there are penalties. The Obamacare aspect, if people really want to know what the truth is, you need to go ahead and Google it and start looking at what the, the what the truth behind Obamacare is. It has nothing to do with health care. It's actually more to do with the IRS. Yeah, yeah. And with, you know, basically it's it's a the penalties of not participating in Obamacare are actually going to be enforced by the IRS. And those penalties are quite significant. And so I don't know whether having a special account would allow a person to bypass Obamacare or not. They may just tax that because there's a if you don't participate in Obamacare as a as a patient, I believe that it's quite a bit it's it's quite a heavy penalty, isn't it? Like twenty. I don't. I don't remember. I will, what it, was, it, it depends on the bracket you're in. Certainly, there are a lot of folks that can't afford even the uh, the premiums that they're saying are so inexpensive. Of course, they'll be subsidized, but by who? Because the young people are not buying in. So I, uh, you know, I think one of the easier predictions is that it will fail ultimately, and that there will be a resurgence in what they'll call black market medicine, but will be real healing because it will be doctors and patients once again working together directly, and uh, there will be very little third party interference at that point because they won't be able to pay for that infrastructure. Right, and see, we haven't participated with any type of insurance, Medicare, Medicare, or private insurance, even for that matter since 2000 so we've been insurance free for 14 years now yeah so you know you've been leading the way in that uh you know i i do not participate in anything that i believe is a violation of my you know b- religious beliefs and i think that you know participating in that system which is j- would just as soon kill you or more likely kill you than heal you uh is an abomination and you know i don't believe anybody should volunteer for it although i know how they play it in that system so it is i mean these are deep questions from kelly and coming off of a trauma like you know losing her husband the way she did i want you know take seriously those questions but i i see the rise of of you know people opting out altogether i mean and that it will ultimately be unenforceable well i think it's already shown that it's not going to work in fact there's so much misinformation right now there was uh something about California, how all the doctors are participating in Obamacare, and yet the truth of the matter is, and I think they had the president of Aetna on that was talking about the benefits of integrative medicine, and right. I believe it was that same segment, I may be mistaken, but they said something like 65% of doctors in mm-hmm. California have already stated publicly they are not going to participate, and yet their names are being put on the participating doctors list, and these doctors are outraged because they've already said, we're not participating, and they want their names taken off these lists. So there seems to be, again, this, uh, you know, the misinformation that's being perpetuated by the media about the about the popularity of this program and how yeah. doctors are going to be participating. I don't know why they picked California to give the quotes, but that's where the numbers came in, that over 65% of the doctors right. in California that were supposedly going to be participating are refusing to participate. Incredible, that is. Now, uh, your, your wife, Deb, sent us a story about Target cutting health coverage for part-time workers, citing Obamacare. Of course, it's going to overload the system because I've reported reported on this uh, since the beginning with Super Don's help. We've been following this. The numbers of kids, we call them kids, but the 20-somethings that are critical to fund this whole thing, they're not participating. They don't want to. They know better, and they see it through, they're seeing through it for whatever reason. So there's no way this is going to be feasible unless they come in with, you know, guns ablaze and forcing people in, young people especially, because they're the ones that are supposed to support the whole system. So I just don't see a feasibility for this thing to continue much longer. I don't know when, but I'm just telling you, it's just the math doesn't add up. Well, here's how, here's what really doesn't add up. It hasn't even launched yet, and, the, and they've already appropriated half a billion dollars, $500 million 
to hire new IRS agents to enforce it. So when you don't even have a plan that started yet and you have to enforce it by spending half a billion yeah. dollars, oh, it kind of gives lost. you, you know, it gives you what the writing on the wall is. Yeah, it's, it's lost. Again, if their only uh, way to do this is to bring in more gunslingers, so to speak, all the while they want to, you know, eliminate uh, uh, the guns for those who want to use medical marijuana in Illinois. This was an interesting story. Uh, Illinois, where they're saying, well, yeah, we'll consider medical marijuana, but if you sign up to get get it, we're going to rescind your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. In the meantime, people who drink alcohol are just fine to carry uh, arms, and that's where the violence is fueled. You don't see uh, street gangs smoking weed and going out and hurting people. They're back home eating munchies and watching TV. <laughs> Very good point. <laughs> So that's the crazy world we're living in, Dr. Vitara. We just, we're just observing it and then helping people heal from it the best we, best way we can. Uh, it's so. still a good, good time though. It, I, I'm very excited about the times that we're in right now because whatever's going to happen is definitely needed and is going to, after everything settles down, it's going to be a much better place, much better, much better world for everybody. Yeah, it'll it'll be better, and there'll be a lot less Coca-Cola and Pepsi-Cola flowing. This is another story I think Deb found, or you found, from a friend who sent this about the uh, FDA uh, may or may not be acknowledging the danger of caramel coloring in soft drinks. Yep, exactly. And it's interesting that the FDA's own website states that uh, for MEI, based on the available information, the FDA has no reason to believe that there's any immediate or short-term Danger presented by 4-MEI at the levels expected in food and from the use of caramel coloring. And as you had said during one of the breaks, Robert, mm -hmm. yeah, it's interesting, immediate or short term. What about medium and long term is what my concern was. And you said nobody gets cancer by eating something and immediately has cancer. That's exactly right. So they're not talking about the medium or long term consequences, which is exactly what would lead to something that would be highly carcinogenic, i.e. cancer, that's what we'd be concerned about, the intermediate yeah. and long-term, not the short-term and the immediate term. Well, let's let's pick that apart when we come back. We'll wrap up uh, Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Vitarap. This is a fascinating discussion now, moving into the FDA's acknowledgement of what they don't want you to know. Live around the world, The Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott, the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Yes, I admit it. I was the Coca-Cola kid. I went to Coca-Cola University. I drank this stuff. I don't know, Dr. Bittar, did you drink sodas growing up as much as I did? I mean, it was part of my DNA. Actually, um, I did, but I was not so much a Coca-Cola drinker. I used to drink Sprite. I drank a lot oh. of Sprite, even through my military career. And uh, working especially the emergency rooms, I used to drink a uh, six-pack of Sprite in a shift. Wow. Yeah, no, I do remember that. I think that was made by Coca-Cola. But here you have this, and is, you were, we were just talking about this. This is 4-methylamidazole, and, and that's why you say 4-MEI as it's being listed here. And we have the story linked up through the, the popular media, but then when you link through to the FDA's own website, that's where it gets interesting because, as Dr. Batar referenced, they are you know, acknowledging something that there's no reason to believe that there is any immediate or short-term danger presented, immediate or short-term danger presented, that in the levels expected to be used as caramel coloring in food and so soft drinks. But does anybody besides us, Dr. Bittar, see that as a problem? 
Okay, you don't die from it. You don't get cancer from it today or tomorrow. But what about long-term? Nothing mentioned at all. I think that's the game they play because they realize that feeds into the system that everybody thinks they need. What if I get cancer? That's why we need Obamacare, because who can afford to pay for cancer treatment? And then we get Kelly writing in and saying it was a disaster because they had the insurance to pay for it because it likely contributed to the death of her husband. Yeah, it's a big scam that's being fed by another scam that's feeding into another scam. And, you know, you've got the insurance scam and you've got the the drug scam and you've got the, you know, one scam upon the other scam. So it's interesting that I had a patient, actually a very wealthy patient, that um, dropped all his insurance. This was, I think, two years after he'd been a patient for our, of ours. And he was he'd recovered and his challenges, I think he had a couple of different health issues and he was doing a lot better. And he basically canceled all his insurance. Because previously that he would submit his test results to the insurance company, apparently, and then he told one of my staff members had asked him for the information, and he said, oh, I don't have insurance anymore. And he said, he, my staff member told me this afterwards, he said that he had calculated out what he would spend, and with what he was spending in the clinic on basic preventive program now, because he'd already achieved the success that he had wanted to, now he knew that the importance of keeping up with it, he said that if he spent the money that an insurance premium required would be more than what he was going to be spending in the clinic for his preventive maintenance program. And to him, it was much more of an insurance policy to do the maintenance program he was doing in our clinic and his exercise program and his you know prevention program with a couple of supplements and all the other aspects, how he was eating, than ever relying on insurance. He said, look, it's, it's one going to work better. I already feel better. And why am I going to spend more money on paying the premium when I'm spend, going to spend less money take care of this type of situation and he did get a policy for acute trauma but it was had like a ten thousand dollar deductible because if you god forbid are in a trauma situation it's going to be you know fifty hundred two hundred thousand dollars so he got something with a high deductible but nothing for office visits and drug plans and this and that and he's done wonderful i mean that was over 10 years ago and he i think i see him maybe once a year he comes in and mm-hmm. you know he really Last couple of times he came in and he just shot the bull with me. There's yeah, that's great. And, and then the irony, of course, there is that he'll likely get fined by Obamacare for not buying a Cadillac plan, or as they call it. Uh, and, you know, the, the freedom to, to decide, oh, my gosh, my best insurance is not having that kind of insurance. Just as I said, you know, the most dangerous thing you can have in America is good health insurance, which still shocks some people. But at Kelly... God bless you, Kelly. You you get it. You understand. And that's what we're here to do is to provide a, a path through this mess, even if the government doesn't want you to, to know about it, because we believe uh, that, that their permission is not required. Now, what you do with that is up to you. Uh, but bless you for acknowledging and asking the right questions. Yeah, that was a great question. In yeah. fact, our whole show has actually been revolved around her question. Yeah, it really, Kelly, thank you. You stimulated a, a terrific hour of discussion with Dr. Raja Batar here. And, you know, one of the things you can do to keep paying it forward if you're able to, and, it, and that goes to everybody listening, is uh, quite honestly get the nine steps to keep the doctor away. Has it, did, has it helped Dr. Batar's physician friend <laughs> to, to live differently? These are basic principles we're all sharing, not just on the air. That's the one thing. We don't turn it off off the air and go, well, okay, now we don't, what do we talk? We, this is our life. This is what we do. Yeah, and actually, that friend of mine, is he really is a great friend, always lived a healthy life. His name is Dr. Darren Barris. So if anybody needs a good podiatrist in Alabama, that's where he's at. All right, a southern podiatrist. He'll take care of you there. Excellent. Well, we've about wrapped up another great episode of Advanced Medicine Monday, Dr. Batar, and I appreciate you very much, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, connecting next week again. Uh, we've got uh, my mom's 80th birthday this week. She's not on any drugs, and she's being fined because she doesn't want any prescription drugs through Medicare Part D. So 
She knows. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Tell I, her happy birthday for me. I will. She loves you. And I, I, all we got to say now is the power to heal is yours. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Robert Scott Bell Show.